0: Well, that excitement in the share market that we saw yesterday just after the FOMC, that didn't last long. Shares are well down today. Perhaps there's more concern about where the global economy is heading and some doubts about whether central banks will do enough to fix it. The Bank of England lifted rates as expected. But before that, out of nowhere, the Swiss National Bank lifted rates by 50 basis points. That's their first rise for 15 years. So certainly a lot of uncertainty out there and not a glorious end to the week. It is Friday, the 17th of June, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So the US dollar can be stopped. Uh, it's down 1.5% this morning. The euro is up 1.2%. The yen is 1.4% stronger and the pound up 1.6%. The Aussie hasn't felt the full effect of the falling US dollar. It's up, but it's only up 0.9% against that 1.5% drop in the US dollar. Shares definitely in risk territory A 4.1% falling the Nasdaq, 3.5% for the S&P 500 and 2.4% for the Dow. And big falls across Europe as well. Euro stocks 50 is down 3%. The FTSE 100 down 3.1%. No big swings in the bond markets this morning. Ten-year treasuries are down one basis point. So, meh really. Uh German 10-year bonds have climbed 7 basis points uh, and 10-year gilts up 5. And oil rising this morning, 2% for WTI. Brent is up 1.1% and just shy of $120 a barrel again. So, one down from the Fed. We've also had the Bank of England and the Swiss National Bank. They lifted their rates today as well, so a bit going on. David De Garris is across all of this, of course, from NAB in London.
1: David, how are you?
0: Good. I've been seeing in the UK press today claiming the FTSE mm. 100 is down down because of the Bank of England rate rise, which seems strange because it, you know, it's as though it wasn't expected. And, uh, and also, of course, equities mm. are down across the Atlantic and across Europe as well. But never let the mm. facts get in the way of a good headline. But why why are equities down so much after we had such a strong reaction yesterday from the Fed? Is it this sudden realisation that... Or you know the question mark as to you know well maybe I I think yesterday it was like oh good they're Mm -hmm. doing something strong isn't it you know they're yes yes, yes. is it today and is it today everyone's just looking and going oh yeah but what happens if they don't get it right what happens if uh, things go badly.
1: I think there was a bit of that, Phil. And uh, I think later in the Asian session, you know, after you guys did your recorded your podcast, Asia didn't sort of carry on from Mm. the uh, the strong US close. It was sort of indifferent, wasn't it? Yeah, stocks were stocks were a little bit softer, and um, so so. So it didn't last long,
0: really. Yeah,
1: no, no, it didn't didn't last long. And then we came in this morning, and you know, with the Swiss National Bank, you know, been watching it month after month, I mean, barely watching it, really, you know, another month. And if anyone was asked about it, you would think, well, they may increase interest rates after the ECB, right, which we know yeah. is going to be next month. Uh, but they didn't just increase rates, they increased rates by 50 points. Yeah. So I think the market sort of – it was almost like a light bulb moment and uh, today, of course, we've had the Bank of England, you know, raising rates by 25. We'll talk about so that in th- a couple of minutes.
0: So you think the Swiss National Bank, this is the first time they've lifted rates since 2007. And, yes. yeah, as you say, I think everyone, the expectation was they will just follow the ECB rather than yes. leading the ECB. So it's an interesting question yes. whether the ECB now has to raise theirs by 50 basis points because, the you know, the example's been set. But you, So is it panic? Do the markets look at that and well, go, oh, my goodness, this isn't
1: you definitely, you know, we understand which direction interest rates are going in now and that's, and that's up and um, central banks still got more, more lifting to do in, in that way. And I think, you know, there's a bit of news around, you know, we've had news out uh, today that uh, Russia is, you know, some people say weaponizing gas more, mm. um, you know, with the flow of gas into Western Europe. Yeah, they said they said um, they we, couldn't
0: get the parts, didn't they? they they've cut the and, flow uh, into Germany. They said, the sanctions. Oh, "Yeah, we can't get the parts because of the sanctions." So lift the sanctions, we can get the parts, and everything can go back again. Is basically <laughs> what they're saying.
1: Yes. Yeah. So so there was that, and of course we had those what those warnings, you know, at, uh, US retailers and so forth. And we've later yeah. in the day we had some some softer US second tier numbers as well. Now that wasn't didn't seem to be the catalyst this morning, but um, I think the fact that we've had the SMB come into play. Uh, we've got the Bank of Japan meeting today, yeah, uh, and and the markets are thinking, well, you know, and and the Bank of England's still hiking rates, and and mm. markets worried they'll increase rates fifty points next time, which I think it's completely overdone. But nevertheless, um, you know, the, the market sort of stepped back from the US dollar today, and you know, the the outperformers have been sterling, you know, the Swiss franc and so forth, and of course, we the had... End indeed indeed the end and uh, you know we've had Brazil raising rates and Hungary raising rates too so um, it's more much more than a US story and as you as you said earlier on Phil um, you know the, the, there's more talk around recession I mean even the, the fed's got um, you know their rates coming down in two thousand twenty four so directionally they're talking about you know they've they've Taken the knife to their growth forecasts, uh, and yet they've lifted their rate profile quite significantly.
0: It's it's interesting, isn't it, how uh, foreign currency plays into all of this as well? Because an interesting fact about the Swiss National Bank—they hold over one trillion Swiss francs in assets. That's one and a quarter the, ta- the size of the total mm-hmm. GDP of the country. But of course, all, almost all of it is in foreign currency investments. So they'll they'll be somewhat concerned about managing their exchange rate. Um, will that will that have had something to do with today's decision? Well,
1: well, uh, you know, up to now, uh, their concern has been more about the Swiss franc appreciating too much in risk off episodes such as we had through the pandemic. In other words, make it, more, make it harder for their uh, export industry. I think that's their, that has been their major concern. And now that their inflation rate has rocketed up to 2.9%, and I think there's a few central banks would like to have (laughs) that inflation (laughs) rate right now. But Dave, that's Um, almost 3%. My goodness. Well, their target (laughs) is, you know, to keep inflation below 2%. So, I mean, they are acting on on their target. And their concern about is that inflation will become broader and more widespread. And, you know, they're warning there that they may need to to act again and, and of course, still possibly intervene in, in the foreign exchange market, but to prevent the Swiss franc from going down, and, and in other words, consistent with their inflation target.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, the Bank of England, uh, nowhere near as much as the Fed. 25 basis points, as you said. It could be yes. more. But, of course, this is their 5th rate hike in a row. Uh, yes. Two big questions. Uh, will it help when uh, its supply-side factors, you know, which are acknowledged by the Bank of England, will it help and those, it, you know, will it make yes. any difference, according, you know, against those? And secondly, if it does, will it be enough? Because, I mean, they're forecasting CPI is going to rise 9% during the next few months and could be 11% in October. So, I mean, that on its own actually is going to cut demand, isn't it? So there is an argument that, you know, maybe they don't need to do too much, which is why they're just saying just 25 basis points this time.
1: I think that is a very fair argument and we would probably lean towards that argument, Phil, particularly mm. given the headwinds still facing uh, households and real incomes this year, uh, even after the household support package, which incidentally added a little bit to the Bank of England's inflation forecast and to growth. I think it was 0.3 for growth and uh, a massive 0.1. But they did up, as you said, they did up their already high 10.19% inflation forecast at the end of this year to 11 most of that from uh, from energy. Uh, and and um, as you said, energy and goods price inflation, is, as they said, is accounted for about 80% of the rise in inflation. Mm. But they're worried about service prices, the fact that wages, you know, from their um, agent survey are suggesting, you know, 45 to 5% growth. And although that's low inflation, nevertheless, it's 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 an uncomfortable mix for the Bank of England. So, given all of that and the uncertainty, I think what that, we're inclined to think they'll trade more carefully. But the market is just—you know—I looked at the pricing uh, before before we started this podcast, Phil. They've got two fifty-point moves in the next two meetings. It's um, excessive. That's super aggressive, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah. By the way, you can read the. Um the love letters between Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor, and Andrew Bailey from the Bank of England. Oh, they, yes. they exchange The exchange, them today. exchange of letters? Yeah, you can read them. Uh, they're, they're online. They're there congratulating themselves for doing the right thing. Uh, we'll see whether they ha- have or not. Uh, but Rishi Sunak very pointedly saying, you know, we are very focused where we're giving stimulus, where we're using fiscal policy. It's it's uh, very targeted. You know, obviously doesn't want to get accused of trying to work against the Bank of England by pumping money into the economy while they're trying to slow things down, which, of course, is the big challenge, isn't it? But but- it
1: is. It is. Well, well. Everyone would argue to do things in, in a um, in, in a a way that supports those people that are under the greatest amount of yeah. um, income pressure, but. Nevertheless, there is their argument, Phil, that fiscal policy should be aligned with monetary policy. So maybe that means they need to take some money out of the system somehow, Mm. pay for that. Somewhere else. yeah, yeah. indeed.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, balance the budget, in other words. So, uh, I mean, is there much clarity, really? I mean, if you look at that, you know, that pricing for a more aggressive approach, is that really what the Bank of England wants to do? And are we getting much clarity from the Bank of England? Are we going to have to listen out to see what's said? So we've got Silvana Turnreya and Hugh Pill. Yes. You yes. voted for 25 basis points, they're, they're talking a little bit later today. I
1: mean, we, we are, we're just
0: going to have to wait and see, what, you know, see if we can get a clearer picture from some of the speakers. I,
1: I, I think so, and we're going to be guided by the numbers, aren't we? Mm. We're going to be guided by the by the data. I mean, the market took those monthly falls in GDP to heart earlier in the week, but um, a lot of that was the reduction in test and trace activity. and. Um, mm. You know, even in the Bank of England we're saying citing things like, you know, restaurant bookings were strong, tourism has been strong. You know, we know that story. We hear about that story on the radio every day uh, now. So the economy is very mixed out there, Phil, but yeah. we do know those headwinds are there. So for the, for the, for the Bank of England, uh, when it knows that a lot of it is supply side to be marching on with 50-point rises, I think that's really risking – uh, hard landing type scenario. Yeah. So, well, well, I mean, maybe they're just saying it to scare people, but
0: they don't really intend to do it. Who knows? But look, well, the, well,
1: the hand of God doing some of the work for them. Yeah. The market. Of yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, signs of weakness today, because we are seeing. You know, I feel like a month ago would be looking and saying, "Oh, these numbers are quite bad, but these are good." Now I'm just yes. seeing weakness really. So here's the list. Canadian wholesale sales for April revised down to -0.5 from 0.2. We're seeing that a bit, bit of that lately where the, you know, normally final numbers are a bit of a formality, but lately mm. we seem to be seeing final numbers being downgraded. US building mm. permits down 3% mm. in April, down another 7% in May. Month-on-month, housing starts down 14.4%. Not annually, that's another month-by-month figure. And the Philly Fed Manufacturing Index from 2.6 last time to minus 3.5 with a big drop in business conditions and new orders. It really does
1: look like we're all starting to feel the pinch, doesn't it? Yeah, and the weekly jobs claims, although they're steady this week, they've been trending up now since late March. So could we marry that perhaps with some of the internet companies that have been pulling back on staff recruitment or even laying people off. Mm. So, uh, you know, the days of free and easy money, you know, are coming. Uh, if they haven't ended, they're coming to an end very soon. So, um, you know, maybe there's just a few little signs there. but um, And often we don't realise, you know, how broad, widespread these are until things develop a lot further. So mm. we're, we're in quite a tricky period here, Phil. Yeah, we are.
0: Uh, A few weeks before the next RBA meeting, of course, but the ammunition is there, isn't it, for a 50 basis point rise there uh, because we had those employment numbers yesterday. The consensus was that there would be 25,000 new jobs, but it came in Mm. with with 60.6 thousand new jobs. So the unemployment rate stayed the same, but that was only because of a big lift in uh, the participation rate and some strange idiosyncrasies as well. So we sort of fall in the hours available for work, uh, presumably Mm -hmm. because people were off sick, uh, but a rise in overtime, so presumably pe- people filling the gap up. So the, the tight labour market in Australia just gets tighter, it seems. it,
1: it, 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 it is Well, there's, there's two things. One is that they're, they're managing to fill more jobs, so that's telling me about the momentum in the economy, but also yeah. the participation rate, what, jumped three-tenths of a percent, which is, which is a lot in yeah. one month. Yeah, And it's, and it's uh, what, the best part of a percent above where it was before the pandemic. So labour suppliers responding, uh, I guess in time that will help to cap wages growth, but you've got that momentum there, so I think it very it doesn't add to or take away from the uh, the expected fifty point move from the uh, from the rBA next month
0: and the bank of Japan uh, later on uh, so Yeah, what are they going to do? Uh, And, and, you know, this interesting thing today is the the yen now back to being the safe haven of choice as the U.S. economy isn't looking quite so rosy. So that's one question for you. But the other one is what's the Bank of Japan going to do? Because they want to keep that 10-year yield below a quarter percent or 0.25 percent. So lots of bond bond buying to support that. But it's weakening the yen, of course. Well, you
1: just wonder that, you know, all the warnings that they've been giving about uh, the yen weakening too much, um, you know, when it's when it's had some of the big moves. Um, is that is, is that been, is there an inflation worry in that or is that just a foreign exchange volatility worry? So, uh, I mean, if 2.9% inflation in Switzerland is enough to get them to move, would 2.4% in Japan be enough to get the Bank of Japan to move? I, I, probably not, but um, you just never know, do you? So, yeah. Um, We'll see. When we know they did increase rates in 2006, and they thought that they were out of deflation, then it hasn't mm. quite worked out that way. Come past. on, you, you can't um,
0: say you're not allowed to say we'll see, uh, Dave, on this podcast. You've got to tell me what are they're going to do.
1: Okay, I, I'm going to say uh, I, I, I'm going to say that they'll sit pat again. Right, uh, I'm, they're going yep. to sit pat again. So, um, but the market will keep thinking about it, won't it?
0: You heard it here first. And if they don't, I'll go back and edit it out for you I know later. You will. Yeah. I have
1: got Good man. <laughs> now,
0: today, uh, New Zealand manufacturing PMIs, uh, US industrial production as well. So pretty quiet other than the, you know, central bank stuff. Pretty quiet today. Uh, but, you know, what? I think we've had enough drama for one week, haven't we? I mean, we, we need to uh, sometimes have a bit of a lie, long
1: lie down, don't we? We will. We'll have to have a, a little lie down, I think.
0: <laughs> we're, of, we're of that age. All right. Good to talk, Dave. Catch you again soon. Good to have you on. Good on you, Phil. See you. Bye. I'm not going to edit it out, by the way. That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again on Monday morning. See you then. Have a great weekend.